0: Well, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Come on, just give Jesus a little praise. Hey, listen, if I'd have known that that all we had to do is not physically gather for a month or so in order to get this kind of crowd in 8 o'clock, I'd have done that a little while ago. Hey, listen, no, seriously, thank you for sitting in family units this morning, for doing your best to social distance. Um, Just because we are beginning to phase into uh, physical gatherings we still want to do our best and we want to encourage you to do your best to maintain all the social distance recommendations, specifically here at church, but then even in society. I believe that we can be obedient to God and honorable to government all at the same time. That is how we have hoped to operate. Hey, would you do me a huge favor real quick? Um, There has been just this group that I have probably overworked over the last nine weeks. Our pastoral staff, our church staff, and all of those who have helped (laughs) us. Can you just praise God for all of their efforts? I haven't said it enough, but man, they've been working. (laughs) And, and and none of them have quit. It has been an incredible process that we've been in. I hope that you will pay close attention to the way that we're going to begin to do Wednesday nights. I know a little bit differently. We will continue to explain all of the why behind the what as we move forward. Ultimately, we want to give our senior high this worship center on Wednesday night so that they can social distance but begin to worship together in physical gatherings. We want to give our middle school, that's 6th grade, and then our junior high, 7th and 8th grade, the opportunity to worship God together as well in the student center, again, according to social distancing And then our children's ministry will be available on Wednesday night. Hey, listen, we want you to bring your students, your elementary age, and then we want you to go get a cup of coffee with your spouse. We want you to engage in the Bible study that we'll be putting online and we'll be airing. And we want to see our church begin to grow individually and in small groups like never before. Instead of working from the top down, we're going to begin to build a foundation from the bottom up. And that foundation begins with you and your personal time in Jesus' presence. And then Sunday is a supplement to you spending time alone with Him and discipling others and inviting others along in your journey. Hey, uh, a happy late, we say, Daughter's Day here at New Hope um, because before you were ever a mother, you were a daughter of God before you were ever a bride you were his child and so this morning I want to wish you a a happy late daughter's day to all of our ladies but this morning specifically for our mothers we have a special gift for you by we I mean my wife and our staff have a special I had nothing to do with the gift Nothing to do except for I said we may need one and so we have a special little trinket for you ladies on the way out this morning you can grab that and then for if you are a widow or a single mother would you please send us an email you can right now if you're a widow or a single mother right now we want you to go online Even if you're watching, we want you to go online and send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at EuniceChurch.com. We want to send you a special gift. We're going to send you a gift card so that you can go take care of yourself, your home, and your family during this time. And that is courtesy of all the generosity and the people that give here at New Hope. We just want to bless you. Can we praise God for that this morning? We wanted to do that so badly last week. But we press pause. Hey, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I have learned specifically in this season to, to have a fresh love for God's word. Like, can I, I'll just complete transparency. Um, I have not always loved God's word. In fact, most of my life, God's Word was something else that I was supposed to do. Most of the time, God's Word was just a, another set of rules and standards and measures that, uh, that I would usually fell short of. And spending time in God's Word was not something that I valued or looked forward to. It was something that I knew I was supposed to do, something that I had to do. But honestly... The more obedient I was, the more I have learned. Hear me, you may not have a love for God's Word today, and that's okay. But the more that you begin to spend time in His Word, and the Holy Spirit begins to open up His Word personally to you, I have developed a love, I have learned a love for spending time alone in God's Word. Uh, last week, my middle child, Emery, began to ask me questions. Um, she is, if you've not been around her and her mother, she may have my curly hair. That's it. Everything else is a miniature Megan Michelle. It's Emery Grace is a miniature. I got like brown curly hair in those genetics. Everything else is her mother. And so she, right, Megan, some. Sometimes, she'll be in the next service. I might not share that in this. In the, um, Megan, sometimes, right when we lay down to go to bed, we've been together for the previous five hours. And recently, it's been more than that. Uh, but, but right as we lay down to go to bed, she will ask me a question. Now, I was ready to answer questions all day. But when I lay my head down, come on. When I, <laughs> when I lay my head down, that is not the time that I have pre prepared my spirit to begin answering biblical questions. Um, that is not the time to show me what you see on Facebook that somebody did in our church or said in our church because she can look at it and read it and go, hmm, that's too bad. Did you see this? Good night, I love you. And I'm up, I'm awake. I don't just do so Emory, right as we're laying, I probably shouldn't share that anymore. And right as we're laying down to go to sleep, Emory begins to ask me some really cool questions. I don't even remember all the questions, but but they were things like, what does it mean to be saved? Like what does that mean? And so I'm like, oh, boy, I've been waiting for this. So I begin to answer. And and what happens when somebody? What's what happens when somebody dies or when somebody passes away? And so I begin to answer those questions. And then she says, well, you know, I think. And I don't even remember what she said, but it was close. You know, <laughs> I mean, we were in the general vicinity. And then so we, I begin to explain. And then she said again, I think. And I finally I stopped and I said, hey. I love that you're thinking and you're asking questions. By the way, as a father, never one time have I been offended that my children would ask me questions about God's word. As his children, trying to help some, as his children, God is not offended when his children begin to ask him questions about his word. In fact, I was, on the, I was ecstatic that my child was asking questions about God's word. Here's the thing, though. I did not answer her questions with my opinion. So I didn't say, well you know, Emery, I think. I began to answer her questions with his word. And I even explained, I said, baby, it really doesn't, there are some things that I think and I have an opinion on a couple of different things, but I'm honestly trying to do my best to answer your questions. It really doesn't matter what daddy thinks. Which is a first for her because I've been teaching her the opposite for the past seven. I don't care what you think. You do what I It matters what I think. Okay, so maybe it's just me. I do that. But in this moment, I said, it doesn't matter what daddy thinks. It just matters what Jesus said. And when you begin to grasp that concept and you begin to look at life through the lens of his word, you begin to learn to love his word. In a way that you formerly may have never loved it before. John chapter 21. We see about seven disciples gathered together. We know that Peter was there. We know that Thomas was there. We know that the sons of Zebedee were there. We see about seven are so gathered there they have seen Jesus resurrected on a couple of different occasions and now they're waiting around and and they had been instructed to do one thing but um, they just kind of got tired of sitting around anybody been tired of sitting around here recently I thought what a fitting opportunity to share this passage so so Peter did something Peter it got sick of waiting he he became weary in his well-doing became weary in his waiting and in verse 3 of John chapter 21 The Bible says, so Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. I'm I'm out of here. And they said to him, well, if you're going, we're going with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, I know that Simon Peter was a Jew. But when I read this scripture, I just immediately began to hear A Cajun. Maybe if Simon Peter were a Cajun, do we have that? Are we ready to show that? If Simon Peter were I'm getting a thumbs up, praise God. If Simon Peter were a Cajun, it might would sound like this. Interpretation. So I I don't know what you hear, but I just heard the opportunity to let Ed speak in French. And I just wanted to take advantage of it. I know it probably doesn't matter whether you're from North Louisiana or South Louisiana. At at some point, at some point, we get sick of waiting. If you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you. Even though at times it's very natural for us to get sick of waiting, I want to challenge you today. Point number one, don't go back. Don't, don't go back to what was. That's done. You know, no matter how great it was, no matter how, the, yeah, I, Facebook makes me hurt sometimes. They do these memories of my babies before they could talk. And y'all, they can talk now. In fact, sometimes, most of the time, too much. Okay. But they, they do these, ba- these videos, and, and I, in my mind, I want to go back. But listen to me. When you, when you spend your time thinking about going back, you miss the moments that are currently sitting right in front of you. You miss out on the opportunities to continue to move forward in this day. I don't want to go back to anything. I don't want to get back to anything. I, I'm not reopening this church. This church never closed. We fed 2,500 people. We served this city. we still still in missionaries around the world. You are still giving. You are still growing. You are still studying. The church is not a building. It's a people. Just because we gather on a Sunday doesn't mean we ever stopped anything. don't go back I'm so glad we get to phase into physically gathering but don't go back we see in John 21 the exact same story that we see in Matthew chapter 4 where Peter was in a boat fishing he fished all night and he catches nothing in verse 4 and 5 of John 21, Jesus is on the shore and he hollers. Layman's terms, hey, catch anything? Here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, is your way working? I see you. I'm over here. How's your way working out? <laughs> and, and, you know, the disciples at first, they don't recognize him. And I, I, I think and I read scripture through the lens of my personality. I mean, my personality, if I have been fishing all night, look, I don't do well fishing for like an afternoon, not catching anything. Or who am I kidding? I don't do well not fishing for five minutes and not catching it. And I'm not good at it. So most of the time, I start out trying to catch bass. By the end, I'm just looking for crickets and brim. Look, caught one. Ha! got one it doesn't matter how big it was to me but but they go back to what they were doing Jesus says hey is your way working they've got to be thinking who is this guy isn't it funny how even though we know what we're doing is not what we're supposed to be doing when somebody says something to us to to, it, to us about it the first thing we do is get offended when when they confirm our conviction come on the first thing we do is get offended now they didn't say anything back all they did is they hollered back no no we can't But they have to be discussing amongst themselves you know the good news today this is by the way what the gospel is the gospel is good news is if if you go back if you go back to your bad habits if you go back to your bad attitude, if, if you go back to your language, if you go back to your temper, if you go back to your vices or, God forbid, your addictions or whatever it looks like, if, if you've been pursuing the opportunity to go back, as Peter and the disciples did, the good news of the gospel is that even if you go back, Jesus will go back to get you. Just like he did for them, he wants to do for you. And that applause is for somebody's affirmation this morning. To remember that you haven't gone too far. You may have been dry over the last eight to nine weeks. Listen to me, friend. God is not mad at you. That's the devil trying to make you doubt. That's the enemy trying to hold you back. That's him trying to get you to look at what you've done instead of look at who you are. That is the enemy trying to make you think that the only time that you can grow is if you get to physically gather with a bunch of other growers in a building. No, no, no. The time that you grow is in the secret place in his presence. The time that you learn to love him is when it's just you and the Holy Spirit in the room, and he's the one that begins to reveal everything that he has for you. Don't go back. Verse 6, he said to them, hey, let's try something new. Let's try something different. Let's not do the same thing over and over again and expect new results. Cast your net on the other side. And when he said it, something happened in Peter. Something sparked in James. John had a moment where something came over him. And they remembered in Matthew chapter 4 when they had fished all night and nothing happened. But somebody was standing on the shore and told them to cast their nets on the other side. What he was saying is, do it my way. And the Bible says that they threw their nets out on the other side. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Verse 7, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John's always bragging on himself. He outran Peter to the tomb. Jesus loves him the most. John and I are a lot alike. We're just like, the, I'm not even going to bash him. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake his hand and tell him I'm sorry for all the times I talked about him <laughs> whenever we get there. The disciple who Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for I don't know why John put that in there. Like he could have just said he put on his outer garment because he was naked. Now I don't know why, like, just leave that part out. He put on his overcoat, and the Bible says that he dove in, he threw himself. Okay, I just see Gabriel standing on the edge of a dock, like You know, I just, Peter just gave up in that moment. He was not willing to wait on rowing back or convincing everybody else that they needed to go or finishing the, the haul of those physical fish. He remembered the spiritual fish that Jesus had spoken that he would become a fisherman of. He remembered the moment when he first met Jesus. And instead of asking Jesus to come all the way back to him, he threw himself in that water and began to swim to his Savior. Because when you're with Jesus, you know, Peter didn't have the greatest experience with water. Because there was this one time when Peter jumped out of the boat when he wasn't supposed to. And he walked for a little while, but then he began to look at the waves around him and the circumstances around him, and he began to drown. He began to sink in that water. But listen to me, friend. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will begin to walk across the things that you used to stumble in. You will begin to swim through things that used to cause you to sink. If you just fix your eyes on him and go all the way to the bank and anywhere that he follows after. Number two this morning, we need to restart. We need to refresh. I told our prayer team this morning. I had about 30, 40 people join us at 6.40 this morning and pray up until 7 o'clock. Which you're always welcome to do, but very few people ever take me up on that invite. They were here. Man, they were ready. And I told them this morning, I said, hey, look, I, this just feels like to me, almost like January 1st. Like, we're not going to redo 2020 up to this part point. We're just going to restart up to this point right here today. We're going to restart. We're going to refresh. i got to tell you this story quickly. A couple of weeks back, I was sitting right over there, and, and we were getting ready to film. We were doing some stuff. The whole worship team was here, and Pastor John was up on the stage. And I was like, ha, ah! my computer. Pastor John, because that's who we call whenever technology goes a- array. I mean, everybody hollers at Pastor John. It's not that nobody else can fix it. It's just that that's who we say. That's who we holler. At. If we're in the office. If I hear Pastor John's name, it's because something broke and either he broke it or he can fix it. One of the two is. And so <laughs> I called it and he was, he's standing up here. He's got a guitar on and I'm like, what's wrong with my computer? <laughs> and he goes, but I, but I don't know. <laughs> you know. And so all my stuff was gone. Like my background photo. Was gone. It was like my computer had reset itself. All of my passwords, all of my documents, all of my pictures—everything was gone. And I was like, I don't—I don't know what happened. my computer like decided to refresh, restart itself. It just reset all on its own. This week, guys, this was like two and a half weeks ago. I've been operating this way. Every day, my computer was overheating. I, was, I, I thought I was, I was going to have to send an email to the board. My computer's about to explode. I have to buy a new computer. I don't know what's wrong with it. It's overheating. I, I, the battery is draining. Like, in, un, un, I can't keep up. I can't keep it plugged in enough. I don't know what the problem is. And so I went to my settings on my computer, and I was going to try to make a couple of adjustments in my settings. And I, I went to make those adjustments, and it said, please sign in. And I was like, with what? Have you ever done that? They're like, "What's your username and password?" <laughs> I have no idea. What's your username and password? <laughs> like, I don't know. I have 17 of them. <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to trick them this time." No, you're tricking yourself. It's a common password or hide them somewhere like in the corner of the room in a box under the ground. I don't know. It's like, if, "Hey babe, go look at the box. I need the username and password for." So I try to type it in, denied. Type it in again, denied. I do this three or four times, and I get frustrated because I'm not a patient person. Even though the Bible says by your patience, possess your soul. I guess I don't possess my soul. I'm still working on it. So I type it in, and I finally, I go, you know what? I'm just going to log out. So I go to log out, and my computer says log out as guest. I was like, log out as guest it's my computer. I realized, I don't know who did it. It may have been me. I don't think it was, because I have little fingers. My fingers aren't that little. Anyways, uh, but, but, I, but I have little fingers that they touch stuff. Somehow, somebody, maybe me, probably not, had logged in to my computer as a guest two and a half weeks ago. So everything that I had opened two and a half weeks ago was still running on this side and i was logged in as a guest on this side my computer wasn't about to explode it was about to pass out it was being overworked because i was operating as a guest And I needed, come on somebody, to restart. I needed to refresh. I needed to remind myself that I don't operate as a guest in his presence. That I was purchased with a price and I am now a child. That my identity is tied to him. And I can be refreshed in his presence that he paid for in every moment. But as long as I continue to treat myself as a guest when he calls me a son, I'm going to burn out. I'm overworking. Restart. Refresh. Jesus said, hey, verse 12, let's take a break for a minute. Come sit with me. I want to feed you. I need you to restart. Come have some breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him who are you because they knew it was the Lord well how'd they know that verse 14 says this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples how many times does Jesus have to reveal himself to you guys three years he walked with them every day and yet he had to reveal himself to them three different times and they still went back to what they knew. Instead of continue to grow in the things that they didn't know. In Him. They knew it was Him because He had been revealing Himself the entire time. I can look back over my life from 14, 15, 16 years old, up to 21, 22 years old, when I finally began to truly follow Jesus. And from 22 to to 28, the new challenges that came along there. And, And 28 to 32, the challenges that were there. And then 32, God said, I want you to lead pastor. And I told God, no. He said, there's a church in Eunice. Their pastor just retired. He's saying that through our state leader. And our state leader said, there's a church in Eunice. Their pastor just retired. You need to send your resume. And I said, and I quote, I'm not sending my resume to an old Assembly of God church whose pastor just retired. I've never pastored before. That's where 32-year-olds go to die. (laughs) And he laughed. He said, Chris, this may be God. You need to send your resume. And from 32 to 36 in June, we've begun to see, and I say begun, because what we've seen is just beginning. I stand this morning listening to the blessing, overwhelmed by what God, not what He's done in me, what He's doing in you. What He's doing in you. Restart, refresh in his presence. His presence is not bound to a building. This is a supplemental celebration of everything that God is doing Monday through Saturday. Of course we want to physically gather on Sunday to celebrate and look what the Lord has done. Number three, I close with this. Let's go forward. Stop looking back, even if it's good, especially if it's not. Put that in the hands of Jesus, restart, refresh. Let's go forward into the things that God has for us individually. In small groups, I'm telling you guys, small groups in the name of Jesus is about to become the main course. Small groups is about to become the main course. You growing individually is going to be the living water that helps you handle this the the main course. And then Sunday, come on, this will be like dessert <laughs> with coffee. Come on, somebody. Not today, coffee today, but if you brought your own, but I'm sorry. They told us not to. Let's go forward. Let's not look back. Let's not get stuck there. Let's not become like the Israelites who wandered around in circles maybe you heard me say this a couple of weeks ago the one, the reason that they wandered around in circles in the wilderness for 40 years i don't know if this is like a biblical explanation or not it's just chris's interpretation it's what i saw i believe the reason they wandered is because they would go forward and then they would turn back and then they would go forward and then they ah, turn back cuz they got all the way there and they saw the enemy that they would have to overcome but they forgot their identity and started living as guests in the promised land They went forward and then they came back and they just circled 40 years. Stop going back. Restart. Refresh. Let's go forward. Last verses. Verse 18 Jesus says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go, but now you're old. You're welcome. You'll stretch your hands out and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. But Jesus told him, Let's go forward. Follow me. Let's go forward. We're not going back. We're going to start from right here. Jesus was saying to Simon Peter, I'm willing to start over with you if you'll start forward with me. You got to follow me. You got to go forward. Simon Peter, the mouth that denied me, that is the same mouth that on the day of Pentecost will lead 3,000 people into my presence. It is the same mouth that will speak to the man at the gate called Beautiful and tell him, silver and gold I have not, but what I have I give unto you. Stand up and walk. It's the same mouth that will be the voice that stands before the Sanhedrin and gives an account of the gospel. It's the same mouth that will reply in obedience to the vision of God and take the gospel to the Gentiles. It's the same mouth that will be crucified upside down because he followed Jesus all the way to the end. Jesus is saying, yeah, I know you denied me, Peter, but I've destined you. And just because you've been denied in the past doesn't mean that you're not destined in the present. I've got something for you. Follow me. Let's go forward. Peter is saying to Jesus, I love you. And Jesus is looking back at Peter to make him say it three times. I know what you did. But I need you to know that I love you anyways. Let's go forward. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this, way, this morning? Father, I thank you for every person in the room right now. I thank you for every person listening online. Lord, so many prayer requests, so many things going on. I thank you for the teams of people who are willing and able to pray. God, I pray that we would take advantage of technology and that we would go to EuniceChurch.com and fill out that prayer request because we have people praying and praying and ready to pray for you. I want to talk to the followers of Jesus in the room this morning. I don't know what you may have gone back to over the last nine weeks or maybe over the last year, but I can promise you that Jesus paid for you to be refreshed this morning. That he wants you to move forward. Today I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, even beyond this sanctuary, even beyond this worship center, beyond this moment, if you're watching us live, Lord, show me the things that I may have gone back to that I need to refresh, that I need to restart. God, right now, may I follow you. I want to go forward in my relationship with you. If you're in the room right now and you've never made Jesus your Savior, if you're listening online, I want you to understand that he paid for you to be in his presence. The forgiveness is already there. All you have to do is receive it. If you need to commit or recommit your life to Jesus, I want to invite you right now to open up your hands. Just place them on your lap. And church, I want to ask you to join every single individual in the room. And in their homes or watching online later, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, forgive me where I fall short, where I go back to the things I know. I do it my way instead of yours. Cleanse me. Save me. May I restart. Thank you for giving your life so that I could live. I believe. You died on the cross, but you were resurrected from that grave so that I could be too. Take my life, make it yours. May I follow you with all of my heart. Let's go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, praise God this morning. Pastor Weston, come pray us out.